1: <laughs> Back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini sewed where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry.
0: And I'm Mary Beth, and also playing. Um, this oh. week we're chatting about Camel Attacks, Ghosts and Gays, Cemetery Upkeep, It's the End of the World as We Know It, and Big Boys. Big okay. Boys. But speaking of big boys, really quick, have you seen the videos of Neil the Seal?
1: Neil the Seal? Have you seen him? What is this?
0: Okay, so Neil the Seal is a giant. Is like a, he's giant, but he's a baby elephant seal that is just like chilling um, on an island in Tasmania because it's like an island, and it's like, and he they live near the water. So this guy took a video of him just like laying and yelling at him on his grass, and and then there's another video where he's just getting sprayed with a hose, and he fucked up someone's window, and he's only a baby, but he's like hundreds of pounds (laughs) a
1: 400 kg wild animal who could kill you
0: (laughs) yeah so like steve and i were talking about this right before recording because i was like i was imbibing and watching tiktok and i saw him and i was like i love this boy but he's so scary and steve was like yeah like elephant seals are humongous like they could kill people he's a baby. What's going to happen when he gets bigger? He doesn't seem very scared of people. And I was like, I don't know, but we need a fucking horror movie about an elephant seal. I don't know if we've ever done that, yes, if anyone's ever done that, but like, I feel like there's something there. Cocaine elephant seal. Oh no. Benzo's elephant seal. Quaaludes just, elephant seal.
1: <laughs> I just saw, um, I, I found an article about Big Boy Neal And uh, there was a TikTok video of him just laying in the middle of the road. The police have put up warning cones and are blocking traffic. And he's just laying there. He's fucking huge. Looking like a cat. Just happy.
0: Just fucking. I think that. Yeah, that's a good question for Prina about elephant seals and like colony stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's male. Or maybe he's just like a special weird boy. But like, how do you rehabilitate that? Like, where do you put that? He's so big. How do? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking too much about like the logistics of trying to like make sure he doesn't ruin, like he doesn't fuck up his life, and then also fuck up people's houses even more.
1: Apparently, Benny the Seal, another another seal, has been regularly seen sunbathing on the steps of the Sydney Opera House. Apparently, Fucking seal! Wow. A thing. Wow. Good for Betty. I agree, Preparina. Good for Benny. Agree, good
0: for Benny. <laughs> anyway, just have All to right. share about Neil the Seal because it's been on my mind recently.
1: So talking about potentially dangerous animals is actually a good segue into this first one. Camels Attacks.
0: I think what yes. movie this
1: is, and I'm very I'm curious to hear about it.
0: Yes. So this um, this just hit Netflix and it's called Naga. Um, a couple people have been tweeting about it, and I was excited. I heard about it out at, of at TIFF. Yeah, I saw
1: Joe mentioning that it was like being buried and Netflix wasn't talking about it.
0: Yeah, so how do I describe this movie? So it takes place in Sa- Saudi Arabia. And it's essentially the tale of a, of a woman's night gone very wrong. She sneaks out. To go hang out with her boyfriend. Her dad is incredibly strict, and he would kill her if she knew if he knew that she was out with the boy. She goes into the desert with the boy. They do drugs. The night goes wrong. A camel attacks. It's 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 pretty. It's 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 a movie that I was did know knew nothing about. I just knew that there was a really good animal attack scene, and I had no idea anything else. And so I'm watching it, and so Michelle, um I'll just hear. This is his feature film debut. He's done a lot of shorts. He did a little too much, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's very like it's very like maximalist in its approach. I feel like he's adding a lot of very interesting like genre elements, but then also just a lot of really weird visual elements. And it's quite fascinating and quite interesting because it's also a really Fascinating look at gender politics. And while obviously gender politics in Saudi Arabia and like toxic, violent, patriarchal power with his main character, but he also kind of paints her as kind of a dickhead, too, and what patriarchy also makes women into sometimes, which I was kind of obsessed with. It's just a really fascinating look like a privilege and gender and this like very strange intersection of things. And then a camel is not the main part of the movie, but it's a very pivotal part and also is like a symbol throughout the film. The camel is incredibly justified in what she does. It's really different, and I but I really like it for what it is. Like, it's a little too much, okay. but I like it because I can kind of, I see the vision. I feel the vision. I understand why he did it. It feels very much like, I'm trying to think of the director, If it feels like... I cannot think of the director right now, but it feels like a, very, like a very particular aesthetic that you see in like indie horror and like indie noir stuff filtered through a Middle Eastern lens in a really okay. interesting way. Yeah, specifically Saudi Arabian. Yeah, I'm glad I watched it. It's on Netflix. It's really, really interesting. Like, it's weird and I like it a lot. I definitely would check it out. Again, it's a weird one. So be in the headspace for weird. But, <laughs> but yeah. And it's like I don't know, weird Middle Eastern genre cinema. Like we don't get that a lot, especially like getting access to that over here. So it's just really cool to see like genre stuff filtered through like that lens. Yeah,
1: I'm yeah. excited for it. I I want to watch it. I forgot to watch it this last week because I was like I should watch that and then I forgot. I'm glad it's good. I I'm, I'm hearing I'm 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 hearing good things about it. So that's Yeah. I'm
0: excited. Yeah. All right. So now for something completely different, Ghosts and Gays.
1: Ghosts and Gays. This was one of the movies that I've been looking forward to all year long. And I finally got an, an FYC screener for it last week. And so I sat down and I bawled my eyes out watching All of Us Strangers, <laughs> um, the new... Andrew, is it high? I bl- I believe you are now regardless whether you know it or not, Andrew, your last name is high. He, he, of course, was the uh, director of weekend, the um, gay um, romance movie that took place over spoiler alert a weekend. And then he also did um, looking the the TV series, I believe that was on HBO. He also was a director on the OA, which I didn't realize. Oh, huh. Know that either. Yeah, um so it's his new movie and it is based on the novel Strangers by Taichi Yamada and it is about this screenwriter, man in his 40s, late 40s, pushing closer to 50s, uh played by hot hot priest himself Andrew Scott from Fleabag and he just uh, he just he's magnetic. I I love watching him.
0: You sent Wait. me a TikTok video of them and I was just like Hoo.
1: i know and (laughs) so he he's like moved into this new high-rise um apartment building it's only him and literally like one other person uh who is played by paul Mescal, who i have decided i have a crush on
0: he's so cute he's He's
1: so so pretty
0: he's just so pretty
1: and he enters the like pantheon of like timothy chalamet in which when he is with a co-star it's almost as if, like, that person is the only person in the world. And so, get you someone that looks at you the way Paul Mescal looks at his co stars, really. So, yeah, it's just him and, and it's just Adam, Andrew Scott's character, and Harry, Paul Mescal's character, in this building that is literally, they're, they're, they're the only ones there. And it's new and it's just opening up. They don't even have security there or any of that kind of stuff. And Adam is very sad, he is a very sad man. He grew up in a time similar to me, which is why I think I I cried a whole lot in this, because he is a he's a gay man who lived through most of his life being afraid of AIDS and being close to people and um, having intimacy. And so it's about him. And one day at the very beginning, after he meets Harry, he goes to his home, (laughs) he goes to his home. Uh, his, his parents' home, and his parents are miraculously alive, it seems like, and they've died 30 years ago in a car accident. And he goes to them, and he is chatting with them as if they have not seen each other in 30 years, which, of course, they haven't. They're ghosts. They're obviously either figments of his imagination or they're ghosts, and he is working through his life, talking to them, while also tentatively pursuing a love story with Harry. And it is, the last third of this movie is a hard watch. (laughs) Really? It's really, it's really good, but it is really, really sad to see sort of like a microcosm of Adam's care of Adam trying to go through all facets of life within basically a very short amount of time. And... A lot of regret and a lot of um, unanswered questions of his like life and his youth and wondering what his parents would, would think now in terms of him coming out because he was like 12 when they died and so never got to know him. And so it's like there's a lot of that. And boy, is it an emotional watch? Is it a powerful watch? Particularly, I think, for um, I think gay men of my generation, um, it will probably hit... Really hard, um, but I love it. I loved it so much. Uh, the performances are great, and it just—it's just so good and so
0: sad, <laughs> and so sad. I don't know what to say. I like—I'm so excited to see this. I just—I like emailed to request it because I remember to request it. I'm like so scared to watch this movie because I just know it's going to be so good and so heartbreaking. And these two men are like the best actors. And I still haven't seen After Sun which was like Paul Mescal's breakout role because I cannot handle fa- like father-daughter issue movies like at all. Like I- this one might not be as bad, but it sounds like it's pretty... Fr- I'm like, it was getting emotional hearing you talk about it. I was like, fucking God damn it. Andrew High knows how to make these sad, beautiful queer movies that like uh-huh. celebrate the queer experience and also just like tear your heart out of your asshole. And it's just like, oh God. Yeah. Anyway, that's my
1: nice husband on him. I, I was, you know, because like I've been waiting for this. I've been excited for this. And so I was like, is this going to live up to the hype that I've built up in my head? And it it definitely does. It's it definitely sadder than I was expecting it to be. It's really it's really just a, a beautiful, sad, melancholic movie. I definitely highly recommend it. I think it's out in theater right now. <laughs> yeah
0: wait he didn't direct the one about the two gay sheep guys who directed no, the, gay um, <laughs> the gay sheep man movie
1: <laughs> the gay movie sheep
0: man I love that movie too I just can't remember the name
1: was by Francis Lee that was God's Own Country by oh Francis god
0: damn it god damn it sorry I didn't mean to get the sad gay movies all mixed up sorry I'm part of the problem <laughs>
1: I love that movie though. That
0: movie is,
1: is beautiful.
0: Oh yeah. It is. Anyway. Hell yeah. See?
1: Like <laughs> Sophie per- just said that, <laughs> that she Google Mary- question verbatim and it gave the right movie. You know? The internet knows. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah, was, like, was an
0: inaccurate description. Anyway. No, it
1: was it, I knew exactly what you were talking about immediately. <laughs> But yeah, so that was uh, All of Us Strangers. Let's uh, go into, I guess, a video game direction. I want to hear about the Cemetery Upkeep. Wait, is this Graveyard Keeper?
0: It is Graveyard Keeper. This week, this week? Last week, I was looking for a new game to play. I've been, like, exhausting Stardew Valley. And I was like, I want something a little bit different. And so uh, my colleague, Justin Wood, recommended um, this game, Graveyard Keeper, to me. He said, it's like... Got that Stardew Valley vibe, but you are it's creepy. And I was like, well, say no fucking more. That is exactly my brand of shit right there. So I bought it on my Switch for 20 whole dollars. And I love it so far. I'm not super far. I'm still kind of discovering everything. But I absolutely am obsessed with the aesthetic and the vibes. And the fact that you're just like recruiting zombies and like doing weird magic shit. And you have a, a skull that flies around you and like yells at you and asks you for beer, and it's also again got that very, I'm like ter- I cannot remember the word for it, but it's like you know in Sardi Valley where you're kind of look at the bird's eye view and you you're seeing your sprite mm-hmm. top walk top around. Down. That yep, top down, very similar. And as you, because there's a whole huge map, so you have like your. So like in Stardew, you have your farm. In this, you have your graveyard. So you have your house and you have your garden and then you have the church and you have this massive graveyard that you can take care of. And you have to take care of all the graves. And I'm at a point now where I have to make the church all nice because once I make the church all nice, I can't unlock all this shit. And so it's basically, again, like Stardew, there isn't really like an end game. It's just a like quest that you do to get more shit. To get a bigger and nicer cemetery and get more power, and then there's a village you can go to, and there's also this like overarching thing of like kind of a potentially um, like fa- like not fascist government because it takes place in the past, but like and like kind of you're in a kingdom under like a bad bigger bad ruler, and there's weird stuff going on there. I'm very into it.
1: Now, is this can can you sell dead body meat to the local? sure.
0: yeah so you have to um you have to get like a counterfeit st- I'm, I'm working on getting the counterfeit stamp actually you have to get the stamp because you because they were like oh yeah a long time ago people were selling human meat so we have to get it stamped and by the inspector and so you have to find the stamp so you can basically sell human meat uh to the local tavern it's awesome hell yeah it's great very much my shit I did
1: not realize that it was on the Switch, so that might push me to go get it. Because um, I, I I did buy it on Steam when it was on sale, on a Steam sale. I think it's on sale right now on Steam for like 75% off. But
0: Probably, yeah.
1: It's not a game that I would want to just sit from my computer and play. Like, I would want to yeah, have it's, it somewhere it's, else. And that's so I how just, I like, play I like
0: Stardew and stuff on my Switch. It's like the best way to play. You could like lay down in bed and just like play it until you fall asleep.
1: Hey, I don't blame you. In fact, I got, uh, I got my roommate Cass into stardew she loves it she's addicted to it
0: yep so this is very similar just a little bit more macabre a little bit weirder um it's very it's like i keep being like oh, it's not like stardew and i'm like give it a chance Marybeth. bath it's not the same game it's just very funny like trying to learn the mechanics and like they're a little bit different but i like it a lot uh creepy stardew essentially and i'm excited to see where it goes oh and um I think on the Nintendo store, all of the like, there's a bundle of all of the DLC and the game. I think it's like 15 bucks right now, actually. So if you want to oh. get all of the bundle, like all of the extra shit and the game, at least on... It's probably on sale on Steam, too. So go well, check it out. I,
1: I think I will probably get it on the Switch because that seems like... Because it doesn't work on my Steam Deck because I've checked and it's not really oh. on my Steam Deck. So... And I do want to play it like in bed or lounging about somewhere, not sitting in front of my computer. So I might get that on the Switch. Then I'm glad. I'm glad you're having fun with it. You said you're not that far into it.
0: Not super far, but I really like what I'm playing. I will update, but I like what I'm seeing and kind of understanding how the world works. I'm finally figure. I'm like getting to start. I'm getting started on the combat and like fighting things now and starting to like talk to people and ghosts are also giving me quests on top of living people so ghosts will appear and be like can you move this person's body like their ghost is a bitch and i don't want to be near them so there's like ghost drama happening and you have to like accommodate all of the drama in the graveyard on top of (laughs) it's so cool i'm obsessed yes so
1: maybe it'll scratch that itch until like the haunted chocolatier finally comes out
0: I know. Well, and he's working on um, an expansion for Stardew right now too, and I'm just 1. like six expansion. I yeah. know, and I'm like, I want the expansion, but I also really want also, Haunted Chocolates here.
1: Haunted Chocolatier. I want, I want, it I so want to bad.
0: open a chocolate
1: shop in a haunted castle. Please
0: I just thank you. Please. And thank I so desperately you. require it. Same. It's the end of the world as we know. it? Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I saw the new um, Sam Esmail uh,
0: joint. Um, leave the world behind. Oh, tell me what you thought. This got Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts in it. Mahashala Ali's Ethan in it Hawk, too. Ethan
1: Hawke, Julia Roberts, um Mahasha... oh my god, I just totally butchered his name. Yes. All of them. Okay. Yes. And it is interesting. Um, have you... Did you watch Mr. Robot? No. I am a huge fan of Mr. Robot. I okay. really loved Mr. Robot. It was one it was one of those water cooler moments for like with my coworkers. I got them into it and so then like we would watch oh. it and then the next day we'd be like trying to dissect what is happening cuz that that show just like there was so much going on in it that it just it really invited having a conversation. And I've been a fan of his of his work and this team behind it. It's it's Sam Esmail who's the director and the, um, the writer. It's also um, has his cinematographer that he used in um, Mr. Robot, which Mr. Robot cinematography was fantastic. Uh, Todd Campbell did is the DOP. Okay. And then Ma- Matt Quayle did the music and he also did the music for Mr. Robot. So it's a very core team and Mr. Robot is the reason why Barack Obama, who produced this, <laughs> um, hired him. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> Perperin is saying, wait, what? what? I'm yeah, so... sorry? Yep, so the book that this is based on by um, Ruman Alam was on Barack's uh, favorite books of the year, the, the year that it came out. And okay. Loved it. And so then when he started to get into producing stuff for Netflix, because they entered a deal, he... Lo- and he loved Mr. Robot. He got Sam involved to make this movie. <laughs> and for producing, how are you saying any of this casually? This is all news to me. Oh, I thought i uh, sorry. I thought it, I thought I thought that was I thought that was known. Yeah. So Barack and Michelle uh, were producers on this uh, in case you're not aware what it's about. It's a family <laughs> that are they seem very rich and they are leaving the city to get this Airbnb for the weekend and outside of the city, they're trying to get time away. Julie Roberts is, I I, I love her. One of the first lines she says in here is about how much she fucking hates people. And I'm like, okay, I get you. And they leave town. They go to this small or not small, this, this very big mansion uh, for an Airbnb for the weekend. As they're riding out there, um, their one of their daughter, their young daughter, is watching Friends. Um, she is catching up on Friends on her iPad, and she is on the final episode, the finale of the show. And her the Kirk connection dies, and it's sort of like an ominous, uh, foreboding moment, because as they get to uh, the house, eventually the uh, Wi-Fi stops working, the television stops working. They're like, "What is going on?" They were at a beach earlier, and a ship um, just careens into the beach. This big oil tanker just careens into the beach, and there's like them running from it. And so weird things are happening. Um, there is like animals acting bizarre. Then that night, then after everything starts to like be really weird, a man and his daughter show up at the house and say that this is their house, and that they were on the way home from the city and they started hearing things and there's like weird stuff going on and they return to the house because they have nowhere else to go. And so there's sort of an uneasy paranoid thriller aspect to it of like, are they really the owners of the house or is Julie Roberts's character just a racist? And um, there's, so there's like that they're stuck in the house and then weird things starts to happen. And it is basically you start to learn what is going on in the world and it's a little too long. It's two hours and 20 minutes long.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: And I really think it could have been about two hours. And it's one of those movies that I it, like Mr. Robot, it raises a lot of really interesting questions, but then it leaves and it has a lot of breadcrumbs. Like, I, I have already seen a bunch of TikToks mm. dissecting what the imagery in this movie means and the sort of Easter eggs and the, the background scenes. And it doesn't really give you a lot of resolution. And so I think some people are going to be really frustrated by that. But it asks a lot of really interesting questions. And I think that it is a very interesting look at where we are at socially right now in terms of what would happen if something happened and we lost connection to everyone. And there's a lot of dread. This movie is very dreadful and there's no real release to it. And so it leaves you without knowing how to feel and I think it's very interesting I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it I really enjoyed it and but I'm I'm still trying to parse out my feelings toward it even after I saw it on Friday but I it's on Netflix as well and I I recommend giving it a, a, a shot particularly if you're a fan of Mr. Robot because it definitely okay. it feels like Mr. Robot
0: I've been seeing like middling things so I'm
1: I think it's a divisive diversive, it's a divisive movie. I think <laughs> I, I Yeah because again, it does not give you answers and there's a lot I think it's a movie that would reward a bunch of watching. I'm not mm. sure if I have the patience for that because it is okay. two almost hours <laughs> long. I think it's really interesting and in what it's trying to do.
0: Okay. All right, maybe I will give it a shot then.
1: Sweet. So that was Leave the World Behind, and
0: now, ooh,
1: Mary Beth, let's talk about some big boys. It's cuffing season, I guess, right?
0: Yes. Our found footage pick for this week was Troll Hunter, Andre Overdahl's 2010 film. Was this his feature film debut? I should have looked this up before we started. I
1: believe
0: so. I believe this was his first movie. If not his first, oh no, it's not, because he did something in 2000, but- This is kind of the movie that, like, put him on the map in the horror world. His breakout movie from 2010. We have both seen this before, but we hadn't seen it in a long time. And it's our show, and we can do what we want. And we wanted to watch big monster boys running around the forests of... um And farting. Farting, sliming, pissing. Yeah. And talk about how cool it is to see big CGI monster done so well and found footage. I just think it's neato burrito.
1: I also think it's neato burrito. And I, as I was watching, so like the premises is that we're following this like university documentary crew that are trying to like make the, the uh, make a, um, a documentary that's going to like put them on the map. And they're following the story about like a poacher who has been killing bears. And they try to get information from him and he is very tight lipped. And then they, so they decide to follow him one night and discover that he is a, a troll hunter and is tasked by the Norwegian government to wrangle trolls and keep them from the public's knowledge. And so we just follow them along on this, on this journey. And of course the, in true found footage fashion, it starts off by saying that, you know, This footage was recovered and it's played in chronological order and we have not seen them since, you know. And so you kind of go into it knowing that something is going to happen and we just sort of follow them along hunting trolls. And what I love, what I loved about this is it pulls me in so much that when we are getting like scientific reasons for why the trolls are hypersensitive to light and what it does and why some trolls will explode and some will turn into
0: stone, I was like yeah this makes perfect sense that is why I love this movie because this is like my favorite kind of movie where you take something like that and you make it so like feel so normal and like mm-hmm. and make such a cool world out of it. like obviously they're trolls and that's nuts. but then like again, you have the the vet who looks at the red blood cells and all the categorization systems and all of the different ways that the government has created like ways to hide things and I love. It's not even just like conspiracy theory stuff. I just love when those kinds of creatures are integrated into our world. And it's built into the world in such like a specific bureaucratic way that I find so interesting. And I also love how funny this... I forget that this movie is funny. And I think Andre Overdahl has a really funny... Like a weird... And charming sense of humor that he can add in like troll farts in the middle of like the woods and it's still kind of scary and it's still like, I want to laugh, but also like what the fuck is going on? Because, again, even though we know that the trolls are CGI, the way that they use darkness and um, night vision and this really makes them feel real because of like... They can play with not having to make them look as good. And because it's a shaky cam, it's night vision, that grain really helps these trolls feel real in the world, especially for a 2010 found footage movie. Like, yeah. it's really impressive. And I always knew it was, but I always like, it's really cool what they, what they can do with this, this movie. It's just... You know, Cloverfield, people talk about Cloverfield a lot, but this, I, I wrote an article about this a while ago about, like, how Clo- this and Cloverfield are just, like, proving that you can do big monster movies on a budget. Like, Cloverfield probably had a bigger budget, but still, like, there are ways to do, like, kaiju big monsters with found footage, effectively. And I just think it's so cool how how he did that. And I'm, I want him to do more found footage. <laughs> I know he probably won't. Yeah, me too. But... I,
1: you know... I love the little details in this. You know, you talk about the, yeah. vet and the blood and, and learning that. But I also love the first troll that they come across, has three heads. And they're, they just explain it. That, you know, as he ha- most trolls have one. And as they get older, they might grow others. But they're vestigial. And like, they're usually just there to, like, frighten other trolls. So, like, I'm, I'm loving that all of this is happening. And I'm just like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, tell me more. I want to know more about these these wild-ass <laughs> troll names. And, Are you and religious?
0: are you religious? Are you a virgin? Like they can smell you, like they can smell you if you believe in God or like, and it's just like so I, funny, like picking and choosing these things. Like, cause trolls are obviously more, like, more of a folkloric, like part of the folkloric tradition in Norway and in Scandinavia. But like the, the, the kids for all intents and purposes are, are talking about like, Oh, does this happen? Does this happen? And it's funny how they integrate folklore into this but making me go oh no it's science actually yeah. but yeah it's it's just really cool how they work with all of that.
1: It, I did have three thoughts watching this. One I love that the, tro- the trolls are basically shouting goddamn Christians because the, one of the su- subplots of this is that they can smell Christian blood and so they're like are you Christian and everyone's like no no I'm, I'm atheist and one of them of course is Christian and so like I love that the trolls are basically saying fuck you
0: Christian. It's but, great because they're like, yeah, they're like Christian fucking pillagers and colonizers. Go fuck yourselves. Like, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and I
1: I also forgot the comedy. I love the, the sequence where they're stuck in the cave and the troll just sort of sits down blocking their entrance. And you can tell that they're farting and they stink. And it's just... I love that. I love the fact that basically they're trying. It's it's almost like the reverse conspiracy theory. Like they are trying to create a hoax to keep people from knowing the truth of like, as opposed to like the Bigfoot is out there. It's like, no, 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 no. Bigfoot doesn't exist. So I love it. That's like sort of like trying to cover up the truth with that sort of thing. I love that. And one of the other things I, I felt really bad for the trolls. <laughs>
0: I know, it's one of those things where it's like they were there first, and you're kind of like they're obviously just like and they're sick when we really find out like also like also what was potentially going on, like they're just trying to live their their troll lives, and people are like, No, you can't. We're gonna turn
1: you into stone.
0: But I also love Hans. I love a good, like, jaded, like, character like that, and just he's like, they're like, Why are you letting us film you? He's like, because I hate my job. And he just like is so over it and I love his character I, I love this character the first time I saw it but then watching it this time I was like I just appreciate how fed up he is and how he's like oh yeah no I'm just gonna talk about this and like he's in the suit of armor trying to lure the troll to get the blood <laughs> that's my favorite part of the fucking movie he's in a suit of armor and he's like I hate this job and he's like throwing goat blood on the ground to lure the troll and then the troll like throws him around and it's just so funny and so, but also since scary, though, because you're like, wait, hold on. Is he okay, though? Like, you, they, they did such a good yeah. job of, of being like, ha-? oh, no, wait a second. I thought he died. Like, no, I was I- like, wait,
1: did he die in this? Because, it, again, it had been since it first came out on on DVD
0: that I've seen it. And so I was like, wait, yeah,
1: did he die? Because it is vicious.
0: <laughs> oh, Yeah. And again, the best it's such a good intro, and it's like when he just runs up to them, like when they have they're in the woods, following him, trying to understand what he's doing. He runs out behind them, and just goes, troll! "Troll!" So, and he's like, and he's just has like no time, and it's just a good intro, and then a troll appears, and this making and the sound design also. I listened on my headphones, and the sounds the trolls make, fucking disgusting. Incredible use of sound design. So,
1: I did have um, I have a question and a critique. My one critique. Okay is with trolls of this size, you would think that you would be seeing some massive dong just swinging,
0: yeah, I that's a yeah, I don't know how the reproduction works in the troll world. I don't know if they like pop out of the ground or like if there's a different kind of way they appear.
1: <laughs> this is troll
0: <troll-tucking>. troll <laughs> that too.
1: The first time I saw one of the trolls, I I I was like, Oh, that is a big donk. No, that's just his tail. So like <laughs> and that's where I started to like think about it as like
0: Maybe they maybe they got that maybe they got that weird like shape of water thing where it's hidden and then they like whip it out or whatever. <laughs> um, and then my question
1: for you is if you were a documentary film crew and you were following um poachers and then found out that trolls and you were given an option to follow them, would you do it? Yeah, I would. Me
0: too. I had to. I'd have to. How do you not? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's dangerous, but trolls. It's trolls. Finally got, like, proof that there, there's, like, some weird-ass shit out there. I gotta follow through. And, like... Me too. They made it for the most part until, you know... Anyhow. <laughs> bureaucracy. bureaucracy <laughs> fuckers. Goddamn government. <laughs> uh. Cool. Well, that about does it for this week's Little Cuts, everybody. I'm very excited for what we're watching next week for the Found Footage series. Terry, what are we watching? All right. So we are watching a new one for me.
1: Um, Frankenstein's Army. And the only thing I know about this movie is that apparently Resident Evil Village might have stole creature design from it. And that's about all I know. So I'm excited.
0: It's really good. We're I it's a good progression because it's more mon like more monsters, more practical effects and stuff. So I'm very excited for you to experience it, and I believe it's streaming on Tubi for anyone who wants yeah, to watch I, it.
1: I, I looked, I looked, um, looked it up, and it looks like it's on Freebie and it's on Tubi and it's on a number of free yeah. sites. So, yeah, y'all so, can watch along with us. Hopefully, please and thank you. But I know you're very excited with who we chatted with for Monday, Mary Beth, and I. I really enjoyed this movie too. So, who who are we talking with?
0: So we're chatting with the filmmakers behind uh, the indie film soft liquid center that is out now just came out this week. Um, so we're talking to Steph Holmbow, who wrote the film and stars in it and Joseph Colleen and Zach Gutierrez who directed it and also wrote it with Steph. And it's a really awesome talk because the movie is incredible. It's a really lo-fi indie haunting look at life after abuse Um So I'd give it a watch if you are in the headspace for that. It's definitely not an easy watch. What is an easy watch? What is a fun watch? Was Steph's pick. Steph picked uh, Mm. Anaconda. So we're talking about (laughs) Anaconda on Monday, motherfuckers. Get excited because it is both of Terry, both me and Terry's first time watching Anaconda. First time watching. So um, it's very. It's just a very fun conversation because it's Anaconda. I mean, like it's great. So get stoked. Hell yeah. Uh, so listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch or play anything that we talked about this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for found footage movies for us to check out? Not August Underground, Tony. Do not even suggest it. Um, you can send us an email at at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on social media. I'm at mbmcandrews on Twitter and at mb.mcandrews on Instagram. And I am at gaily Dreadful everywhere. Why aren't you following Scarred for Life on social media? Fools. Seriously. And follow us on Twitter at Scarred Podcast and at, and, whoa, Twitter and Blue Sky at Scarred Podcast <laughs> and at Scarred for Life Podcast on Instagram. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yes. And please, social media is getting ridiculous. Like,
0: <laughs> oh fucking no
1: I know. Please don't forget to review, rate, and
0: subscribe patreon is open again um new seltzer for life is out as of the episode this episode being out of little cuts there's a new seltzer for life
1: yep um and then we also um will have our fresh wounds episode on frontier parenthetical s (laughs)
0: coming
1: out next week so sign up for that and follow us along for the ride
0: hell yeah Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy.
1: And until next time.